So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. So Sarah, I don't have to tell you this, but it is officially rivalry week in Baltimore as the Ravens get set for a week five matchup for the Steelers in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and let me tell you, Bobby, that was made abundantly clear during the Ravens media availability on Wednesday. And who else? Roquan Smith and then his linebacking partner, Patrick Queen, they set the tone sending clear messages. Very much so. You're going to want to stay tuned for this. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It is Thursday, October 5th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. And ooh, did the Ravens get good news on Wednesday. Several players returned to the practice field. Oh, I don't know. There was a one Marlon Humphrey, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., Several others, the, the injury point, the injury report, it is trending in the right direction. We'll get through all of it. Plus, we're going inside the numbers on just how dominant and successful Lamar Jackson and his playmakers around him have been in the red zone through four early weeks. That's right, the red zone. Yeah, we have all of that. And of course, we have more. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, Bobby. So obviously, I'm not in my usual spot. I am uh, in Florida. I've met up with some old friends from where else? Baltimore. A bunch of, you know, moms getting a little break in the middle of the school year. So uh, hopefully my sound isn't too bad, but I can tell you there's like five moms downstairs. So if you hear them, that is just, hey, that's how we're living life today. <laughs> Absolutely. And let me just say, and we'll say it once, so we don't have to say it again. This is much deserved. I'm so happy that you can have this mobility. This is why we do what we do, right? And so it always comes back around too, right? I'm going to London yep. next week. I'm going to spend the bye week with my brother in Italy. So this is what our partnership means. And I hope that you have an awesome, awesome weekend coming up. And of course, you'll be back for pre and post games. Well, yes. for, for, for our normal post game, post -game yep. stuff on, on Sunday. So looking forward to all that. You know who's looking forward to Steelers week, Sarah, is the folks internally in Baltimore who I don't know what happened between last week's media availability and this one, but we understand that this is a storied rivalry. I would not be surprised if someone, maybe one Roquan Smith or John Harbaugh or one of the more longer tenured staff members of the Ravens lit into these guys because not only is it Steelers week, but there just seemed like there was a laser focus mentality during Wednesday's media availability. We're going to begin with this, and this has gotten a ton of run online. Patrick Queen spoke with the media. He's, he's off to a career year, let's be honest. The guy is 
flying around. He's playing just great football, great complimentary football with his running mate, Roquan Smith. Uh, a reporter asked him during Wednesday's media availability on how he relishes, which he's mentioned in the past, the chance to go in as the enemy, right? You go into enemy territory, but you're also the enemy as well. And in this case, Pittsburgh's looking at Baltimore that way. PQ was asked about it. This is what he said. Anytime you know you join this organization and they talk about this game, it's the game that defines you and makes you a Raven. And um, uh, when I was on my side, on their sideline my rookie year, Mike Tomlin was looking at me, yelling at me, you're not a Raven, you're not a Raven, you're not supposed to be there, you're not, you're not one of them. So uh, every time I play them, it's something personal. That obviously stuck with you. Yeah, definitely did. <laughs> definitely did. I don't care if he was joking. I don't care if he was serious. At the end of the day, I'm on your sideline, and you're telling me I'm not a Raven. It's kind of disrespectful. So. You think about that now every single time you go into these games? Yeah, I just because at that point it's like, <laughs> like I never even told you anything. Like you just coming at me. So I mean, at, from that point on, it was just it is what it is. You know. It is Steelers week. <laughs> That's what's going on. Completely unprompted. He kept receipts, as we so often say, one of my favorite phrases. Yes, he did, Sarah. He kept his receipts. That was from his rookie season several years ago, of course. By the way, this is also personal on another front, too. PQ himself, teams that he's played on in Baltimore since he joined the squad, are 1-5 in five against Pittsburgh. That's not good enough. He knows that, Sarah. And he, and he did something about it during his press conference. You are exactly right. PQ's approach reminds me of you a little bit. I, like, I, I'm not one to keep receipts. I forget about things all the time that people say to me. Uh, it, it, it like rolls off my back. But there are certain people, PQ's one of them, you're one of them, where it's like, oh, you don't believe in me? <laughs> and you just kind of file it away. And then when you start and PQ, man, he started, you know, coming out big time last year. It's like another level even more this year. And so I'm sure he wants to be like, okay, okay, Tomlin. All right. You, you talking to me like I was a rookie. I was a rookie then. I'm not a rookie anymore. Four weeks of the season, I'm playing like a pro bowler. So let's see if, let's see if I play like a Raven now. We know that Patrick earlier on in his career, probably around that time, in a lot of ways, to your point, was playing like a rookie. Whether that was missed tackles, the angles that he was taking, the way that he handled himself off the field, just through tweeting. We know he sometimes can be emotional or at least reads a lot more than he should. But man, the maturation process that we've acknowledged and talked about time and time again so far for PQ since that fifth-year option was declined has been really, quite frankly, it's been inspirational to watch him handle himself. Let's continue here because his running mate, like we mentioned at the top, Roquan Smith, he did not meet with the media today, not at least at the podium. He did in the locker room, though. And as every reporter knows these days, you got to spend some time with Roquan because you're going to get a quote. And that's exactly what they got on Wednesday. Here he is. Uh, this is courtesy of Jamison Hensley of ESPN talking about the Raven Steelers rivalry. And uh, I think it's the best robber in football, if you ask me, you know, and just like knowing over the years since the Ravens been an organization, just how physical uh, the games have gone year in and year out. And I remember last year, you know, you're not a Raven until you beat the Steelers, so I carry that over into this year as well. So I feel like this season is a totally new season, so I'm not a Raven this season until I beat the Steelers. So that's my mindset, and that's uh, me going through my preparation uh, week in and week out because I take great pride in being a Raven, so I want to make sure I earn that right as well. 
So how funny is this, Sarah? The, the first quote that was sort of circulating on Twitter didn't necessarily specify that, like he said, he wants to make sure that he earns his keep this year, right? And some folks right. were like, well, wait a second. They're, he already beat him last year when Mitch Trubisky was under center for Pittsburgh. Right. But it's just so funny. Like people thought that, wait a second, what's going on here? No, no. He actually meant every single year he wants to earn his keep. And I just love the sentiment there. I don't know how it is that Roquan Smith says the ex- like the exact right thing every single time he speaks. I love that he can embrace this rivalry. Like it felt like when Ray was here and Ed was here and Suggs and Haloti Nade, it was like they had years to build up animosity. <laughs> Roquan, he jumps right in with the animosity. Like he doesn't need years to build up. He's right in. And, and I do. I like that mindset that it's like, you know, it's it's what they always say in football. Like, what you did yesterday doesn't matter anymore. It always matters what you do today, what you're going to do tomorrow. And so that's the right attitude to have that it's like, yeah, uh, like I was an all-pro last year. Yeah, I got my contract. Yes, I've started off great. But this is the way he keeps himself in check. He never gets too full of himself. This year, I haven't er- earned my stripes. Same as any, so if it's Roquan Smith or an all pro saying he hasn't earned his stripes yet because he hasn't beat Pittsburgh, imagine what the rookies are thinking, right? Well, if Roquan's holding himself to this standard as the highest paid off ball linebacker in the league, then I better meet that standard too. And to me, along those lines, the meaning behind the title of this episode is exactly that. This doesn't necessarily send a message to anybody outside of Baltimore's walls. This sends a message to his peers inside that building. I don't care if they're staff members, rookies, teammates, uh, running mates in the linebacker room. It just sends a message that he means business. He understands what this rivalry is, and he he wants to set a tone within this organization that every single year that almost resets and recycles, and that is an expectation that's demanded of these guys, and I just feel like it's a great leadership quality that Roquan has, which is why you keep hearing the Ray Lewis comparisons. Spoiler alert, Lamar also mentioned that during his media availability. We'll get to that in just a bit. One more on the rivalry, Sarah, and it's somebody who we know has been more locked in, than, in my opinion, than his entire NFL career to date. That's number 89. He's now healthy. He's coming off a breakout performance in terms of this year. He's looking good. He's available. And he understands that this week is all in mentality. And we talk about being lasered in week by week. And, um, you know, obviously the, the Ravens-Steelers game is, uh, you know, one of the best rivalries in the world. And, um, you know, if you're not ready for a game like this, you know, what are you doing? But for us, being able to focus out here on practice, um, knowing what to do, visualize, um, visualize the moment and, and make the plays when they come because um, it's a week-by-week basis. We just got to keep on stacking, keep on going, and um, if we do that, we'll be the team we want to be. I'm telling you, there's just been a change in overall attitude, demeanor, body language from this guy, and I think it's contagious. Here's where I'm also – I also feel like listening to all three of them so far, I know there's still more to come. I like the fact – this is very interesting. Obviously, the Bengals have had more success in recent years. And so it kind of makes you – even in those A.J. Green years, just like the Bengals have been a thorn in the Ravens' side, whereas like especially since Ben Roethlisberger retired, it just the the Steelers haven't been as big of a threat as the Bengals – But what I like hearing from all these players doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There's still a bigger intensity 
with the Steelers. It's still the, the history goes back more. So I love all the respect that everybody is giving toward the Steelers in terms of like intense hatred kind of rivalry that it's like, no matter who's the biggest threat that year, it's still, don't get it twisted. It's still Raven Steelers. Yeah, well said. Let's shift gears because there's going to be plenty more of that conversation coming up over the next couple mm. of days, including I can't wait to get reaction from somebody for the Pittsburgh perspective. I'm going to catch up with, and you're going to do your thing because you got a little bit of downtime the next couple of days. But Brooke Pryor, who we had on, and we, we teased this already, but from ESPN, Steelers reporter, she's coming on on Thursday. So a Thursday afternoon, we'll have uh, a, a second episode coming out, the official preview of Raven Steelers. So be on the lookout for that. But as you mentioned in the intro, Several guys returned to practice, which felt like a shot in the arm, regardless of whether or not they play right this upcoming weekend. Mm -hmm. Odell Beckham Jr., Marlon Humphrey, and Rashad Bateman, all of whom were caught on camera by Jamison Hensley at practice. So nothing crazy there, just some drills, right? Some one-on-ones in Marlon's case, but good to see some mobility nonetheless. And that wasn't it, Sarah. Here's the full injury report released by the team. On Wednesday, Rashad Bateman was a full participant. Let's make sure this is full screen just so everybody sees what we're working with. So Bateman with the hamstring, he was a full participant, a good sign for potentially a return on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Odell Beckham Jr. limited with that ankle, as was Justice Hill with the foot, but also the hamstring. That's a new designation for him in the injury category. He was limited. Marlon Humphrey with the foot. Of course, the procedure that he underwent back in August, he was limited. Keaton Mitchell, that's somebody we're going to talk about in just a second here. He has been designated off of IR, so he's got a 21-day window. We'll get to that in just a second. Some details on the undrafted rookie running back. Remember, the shoulder sprain has caused him to miss the first four weeks of this season. He was a full participant, though. Uh, Morgan Moses, who popped up with a shoulder after leaving the game in, uh, in Cleveland last weekend, he was a DNP, did not practice. Odafe Owe with an ankle was a DNP. Ronnie Stanley, this is encouraging, with that knee, he was a full participant, as was Marcus Williams with the pectoral setback, full participant. Uh, remember, he got a lot of time last week in practice too, so perhaps that, that means good things for him coming up ahead of the weekend. And then Daryl Worley, who also got injured in Cleveland with a shoulder setback, he was a DNP. You want to talk about Keaton Mitchell, or who do you want to discuss first of this group? Well, just like the overall trend, holy moly, to, like – I don't think all of the guys that return for the first time today for sure is going to play this weekend yeah. against the Steelers. But the the overall feel, right, is that the Ravens are getting healthier. They're getting healthier as the season's going on. So that's kind of the, the big thing, right? The other good thing in this, you can put this in line with um, the fact that the Ravens didn't sign any tackles. But the fact that Ronnie Stanley went from twice limited and then took the then did not practice Friday, didn't play on Sunday and now he's full. Okay. So that's, that's a nice steady up ramp. And the fact that they didn't sign anybody while Morgan Moses is not practicing makes me feel like unless something crazy happens that Ronnie Stanley is going to play. Um, so it seems like right now Rashad Bateman has more of a chance than Odell, but we'll, we'll see how the week goes. And then to your point, Keaton Mitchell, Bob, Bobby, I am excited to see. Now, listen, he has 21 days. We don't know for sure that he's going to play this Sunday, but eventually, I mean, Eric DeCosta is putting him out there, you know, within the next 21 days. It could be this week. He did practice in full. 
To me, it looks like they're ready to give him a 53-man roster spot. I am so excited. I feel like before Justice Hill came back, that's the kind of element. They were missing speed in the backfield, and it yeah. really transforms things for Gus and Lamar if you can have somebody who can attack those edges. Because, again, Todd Munkin wants to attack the whole width of the field. I am so excited to see what the speed of this young guy can do. I don't want to annoy him yet. I know we're all excited, but let's remember he's an undrafted rookie. But, woo, is the possibility in this offense, it's, it's really intriguing. Yeah, I totally agree. And just to reiterate something that you just kind of suggested there, and I think a good screenshot of this is what Jeff went back and forth with on Twitter with one of his followers. And he wrote, does he have to practice speaking to Keaton Mitchell for 21 days or can he come back early? And Jeff wrote, he can come back early. He can be activated as early as Saturday and play this upcoming Sunday in Pittsburgh. But if he's not officially activated to the 53-man at the end of that 2021-day window, he'd revert back to IR injured reserve. So that's where things look right now. We'll see how imminent it is. We know that it's a stacked running back room right now, at least in terms of depth. We know Gus Bus is your guy. Justice, when healthy, is two, right? And so is Keaton going to be fighting for a third spot where you put Kenyon and Melvin on the practice squad just in case anything were to happen injury-wise? So that's the way things stand right now. I thought you'd be interested in this because we've talked about it a couple of times over the course of really all season. Since since Tyus showed up at training camp with the limp and there's been mixed messaging from John Harbaugh in terms of what happened to his knee. Glenn Clark, uh, Glenn Clark Radio in Baltimore figured out at least where Tyus is out at the moment. Not what anything about the setback, but he asked Tyus on Wednesday if he could play a football game today, meaning Wednesday. And Tyus said, no, I'll say I've been on the field, moving, feeling a lot more confident. Hopefully this week I can get out on the field at some point with the team. So again, all, all but rules him out, right? Sunday in Pittsburgh at this point, but and he has been, I should say, the the beat reporters have said that he's been on a separate field like we talked about, right? When when Justice was sort of ramping back up after missing a week or two, he and Tyus were seen on a different field. Tyus is still away from, you know, the, the typical main field practice operation. So you hope that he's still within a few weeks, but clearly not this weekend. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets... Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's so bizarre. So we've never, just to be crystal clear, we've never gotten a message as to what happened to him. Yes. So there's not mixed messaging on that part. Thank there's you. just been no messaging. Now, the second part is what has been con- not confusing, but uh, clearly John Harbaugh, I remember they had asked, they were like, somebody's like, is Tyus in jeopardy for week one? He goes, well, I'm told by the trainers it's not. You know, so John Harbaugh, before the season started, had still was given hope by trainers that he could come back from week one. So when you say you had mentioned the word setback, we assume there was a setback, but quite frankly, I don't know what happened in this in the first place. Right. So who knows if this is just like still him? I mean, who knows? This is the most bizarre one. I'd actually love to go back and listen to the whole interview because I'm guessing Glenn tried to find out what was going on. Like I I haven't had a chance to listen to the whole thing like you. I just saw this tweet. Uh, but yeah, he's not playing this Sunday. Not a chance. Yeah, and I, t- quite frankly, you know, full transparency, I have not gone back to listen to that either. So you can, if you want to, uh, via Glenn Clark Radio. He, he and um, he and Rita actually have Tyus on. They do a weekly show here locally mm-hmm. in Baltimore. So uh, I guess that he was tight-lipped, even though that those guys seem pretty close. Tyus remained yeah. tight-lipped about what was going on, or else we would have heard about it. Uh, one more note too, before we get to some offensive category talk. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis, this was a a last-minute ad. Uh, He's on the injury report as of Wednesday with a hamstring, and he was a limited practice participant. Jalen's essentially been just a special teams guy for this team so far through four weeks, but uh, just wanted to make sure that we were being thorough with how the injury report looks. Okay, on to the offense and, and what this team is looking like, especially when it matters most, inside the 20, an area that they really, really struggled in 2022. I thought Jonas Schaefer put together a fantastic little study on this. Let me make sure I have the right slide. Here it is. (laughs) The Ravens had the NFL's best red zone offense because, well, they have the NFL's best red zone quarterback. And Jonas went ahead, and this is all available, the piece itself, via the Baltimore banner, but he went ahead and, and logged Lamar inside the 20 so far through four weeks. Eight total touchdowns. Just a turnover, 100% catchable ball rate, a 0.61 EPA per dropback, and a 0.65 EPA per designed carry. It's efficient, Sarah. It's timely. It's explosive. And it's effective so far through the early going. It He really is. He presents so many problems. Um, I, like, if you're a defender and you know that he can throw an improbable pass to Mark Andrews like he did last week, and if you know he can throw a fade route to Nelson Aguilar, even though Aguilar didn't get his foot in, so you know he can throw those, you know he can throw over the middle to Mark, but you also know that he could run up the gut of the middle. He could also throw a screen pass out to Zay Flowers. Like, the, the 
the opportunities are endless. And as a defender, you just don't know which one to do. And taking nothing away from Lamar because he's the weapon. Like no coaches, he makes he makes coaches look great. And at the same time, though, you got to give your flowers to Munkin because this same quarterback wasn't having this much success in the red zone. Now, granted, he didn't have a Zay Flowers to like you know help distract people and other things, but the two of them working together through four weeks has really been good, and I hope they just continue to click more as Munkin empowers him, and hopefully they're talking. All I know is that the two of them, t- like Munkin has been able to unleash this, this weapon in the red zone that has, should have always been having this success, but hasn't since early 2019, and, and it's, just been, it's just been lights out, absolutely lights out the two of them together. When you give them the horses, too, around Lamar and Munkin, like a one-zay flowers, categories like this certainly stick out at you. Ryan Heath tweeted out the missed tackles forced per reception list through four weeks, according to Fantasy Points data. This is wide receivers. This is a minimum of five receptions. And Zay ranks five, fifth, fifth on this list. Nico Collins, Debo Samuel, Demario Douglas, Kadarius Toney, the only players above him. And again, this is missed tackles forced per reception. Zay is a 0.42 in that category. Tyreek Hill is just three percentage points away, uh, three fraction, you know, three tenths, I should say, uh, points away from him at 0.39. And the other guys on this list are certainly, you don't, you don't scoff at these guys at all, but it just speaks to the explosiveness, the shiftiness in, in space, the talent, the, the, the God-given speed, uh, and and ultimately the way that he makes guys miss. <laughs> it's unreal. What's funny is like I'm like going through these numbers and I'm like, where's Tyreek Hill? Where's Tyreek Hill? And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Zay Flowers is beating Tyreek yeah. Hill. It's amazing. Yep. And I, I thought that our colleague actually, you know, Blue Wire Podcasts are our distribution company who we go through on the audio-only side of things. Chris Long, who hosts Greenlight uh, through that former NFL player, he, I thought he just did a good job of explaining how Zay, even when he's not involved firsthand in, in certain plays, is still very impactful. Zay Flowers and the motion stuff looks a little Miami-ish. Mm-hmm. You got a guy that's scary enough with his speed and that Copy sort of thing. League, baby. Zay Jeff. Flowers and Tyreek, the two baddest kids in the league. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like just badass Like kids. if it gets quiet, yeah. you're babysitting them, you're yeah. like, where is it? Yeah, where's Zay Flowers? <laughs> Zay Flowers is like next door. I mean, like the monitor didn't even pick it up. So Zay Flowers, this jet motion stuff, look at the first touchdown that I was talking about in the counteraction. The entire second level of defense is shifting with Zay Flowers. They, they're doing great things to manipulate leverage. Yep. And it's the same thing on another touchdown as well. And, and then a Melvin Gordon uh, explosive down in the red zone. And Justice Hill's doing a great job. Right. Justice Hill's doing just a great job. Yeah. So I love the run game. I love the run game. So some high praise there from a former NFL or just about, again, Zay's sheer presence alone. And we're not even talking about film that had OBJ and Rashad out there. Yeah. And Bobby, I remember in the remember like that first game, Zay had something crazy, like 11 targets or whatever. Uh, and then people were like, okay, we like Zay, but maybe it's going to him a little too much. I, I promise you, Munkin has like been, has been like game planning for the season. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's like you put all that on film over and over and over again at first because nobody knows what Zay's going to do, but you put it on film and all of a sudden that's what they watch. They're like, all right, we got to, we got to stay on Zay. And that's what we showed with some of the film breakdown when Lamar scored is the linebackers were like, Hey, get Zay, get Zay. And to Chris Long's point that opened things up for Lamar up the middle. And so it's like, you just, you have to like game plan. You have to have a plan through a couple of games almost so that you're constantly setting up your opponent. And I think that's one of the reasons why Lamar was so able to eat cleanly with nobody even touching him. Quick hits time. And this is a special quick hits edition because what I've done is I've compiled four different sound bites of guys mm -hmm. talking about Roquan Smith. And <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Like he, he obviously has become a hot commodity with the media, with both with us and the content side of things, local media, reporters, all that because of his fearlessness in front of the mic. And and we know through four early weeks, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. But I thought it was really interesting to see just from around, both on both sides of the ball and also from the coaching staff, their perspectives on a guy who's really just become the darling in Baltimore in such a short amount of time. Uh, it's hard to tell Roquan. Roquan's like that every day. Uh, he really doesn't change, but... Uh, game day, you definitely get a little bit more intensity. You you gonna get the same talk that you get every day, but it's different different intensity. I think our defense like allowed a certain amount of points to be scored, probably like thirteen points or something like that. That's the effect he had, you know, just no point, barely points on um, being scored on us. Uh, everyone playing like fundamental sound, um, speed to the ball. He's like a Ray Lewis for us. Such a special player, you know. I you don't see guys like that, you know, many times. He's just, um, the way he sees the game, he's very smart. He studies a lot of film, and um, he looks at a formation. He knows exactly what's coming. And um, you talk about, like, a Luke Keekley type of deal, um, guys that are super vocal, able to lead, um, and he's got that fire that um, I haven't seen for many, very many people. Man, he's got that elite focus. He's able to do it at such a high level. Um, he's been a blessing for this team, for this defense, and um, a catalyst for what we can be. Certainly adding to it. I mean, you know, a great leader brings brings it to the culture. I think the culture is a lot of things, and one of the things it's a uh, it becomes kind of a, a mix for all the all the parts, you know, all the, all the pieces in there. And sometimes, sometimes you know, there can be a catalyst. And I think he was a little bit of a catalyst for us that way, and just the way he operates, and and that's good. That's what leadership is. So kind of some cool variety there. Everybody has different perspectives. They don't know that they're all being asked the same questions by local media, but I just thought it was cool because everybody had a different vantage point there, whether they were his running mate in PQ, whether there's somebody that goes up against him in Lamar or Mark, or somebody who obviously was very keen on acquiring him last November in Harbs with the front office. I just thought it was kind of a, a hodgepodge of, of perspectives there. Yeah. I like how you put that all together. I just feel like I now have the green light, even though I was already like going there with it is like, if, if Lamar Jackson is saying he's our Ray Lewis, we can now all feel good about saying, and we were already <laughs> feeling that way, but sometimes it's just wrong to compare people to Hall of Famers because it's unfair. Yeah. I don't think it, there's anything unfair about it. Like, not, yeah. no. Roquan's expectations are so high. And, and by the way, that's why I asked him last time he was on the show. I was like, are you okay with it? Do you kind of embrace it? Like, he doesn't like... He doesn't reject it in the way that I just explained it, that it's like, you know, yeah. it's unfair. That's, and he still gives his respect. He's like, I still think Ray is another level. Oh, yeah. But more than anything, he just wants to have his own, like, I'm Roquan. But once, once he is gone, which I hope is not for, like, another 
I don't know, nine, 10 years. Who knows how long this guy could play, but his yeah. contract is for five. Well, eventually we're going to be like, who's going to be the next Ray and Roquan? Cause we're going to start saying yep. their names together. You know what I mean? And whether he makes a, a hall of fame, I don't know. I mean, a super bowl, he's going to need to do that, but Holy moly. Like, I just don't even feel like it's unfair anymore. Cause he's that good. It's more than just a green light that you have now. Yeah. QB1 did it. You're in the yeah. clear partner. Exactly. You are in yeah. the clear. So, so we'll make sure we remember that. We'll, we'll keep receipts in a positive way on that yeah, one. There we sure. go. That, that kind of receipt I'll keep. <laughs> exactly. All right, it's time for our weekly breakdown, or I should say Brian Baldinger's, meaning the Baldy breakdown. And this time, he goes up and checks out Tyler Linderbaum from a sequence in Cleveland last weekend. You always get good stuff when you watch Tyler Linderbaum play football. First thing he's got to do is got to seal that A-gap against Dalvin Tomlinson. But then he sees the linebacker coming right here. And now he's going to block him with the butt. Shoulder block, butt block. And he blocks him great. And what happens? Lamar Jackson dances into the end zone for a second rushing touchdown. Ravens pierced the number one defense in football. They did it the old-fashioned way. They blocked him up. <laughs> that's the one I showed yesterday. He's got better commentary, but that's the one we called. Or we're calling, um, not instead of a crackback block, it's a back crack block. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cole, yeah. Cole had that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Baldy just provided another layer to it. So Yeah, he's always cool. great. Uh, in other news, a few other pieces here. Uh, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett. Remember, he's dealing with that bruised knee that he sustained last weekend against the Texans. He said to reporters on Wednesday, Sarah, quote, I'll be ready to go by Sunday. So unless he does some sort of gamemanship 180 like Deshaun Watson did, I'm not saying it was gamemanship, but it sure seemed like it was. Um, after he was listening, it was questionable. We all remember that going into the Cleveland game. Then it sure looks like it will not be Mitch Trubisky under center, and the Ravens will be facing their second-year quarterback out there in Pittsburgh. Uh, Kenny Pickett. So something. Whether to it's that's the thing. Whether it's gamesmanship or not, the lesson is: is even if a, a guy declares himself ready, you still have to be you still have to be prepared for either quarterback. Yep, absolutely. Our guy Brian McFarland from uh, Ravens Salary Cap Analyst World. Uh, he put the numbers on New Ravens Edge Kyle Van Noy's one-year contract. It counts one point four million against the twenty twenty-three cap. It includes a four hundred thousand dollar bonus. The deal likely includes incentives, according to Brian, but that's still unknown at this point. The Ravens now have just over $2 million in cap space. The point here that I, my takeaway was, with Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, Sarah, it's, it's been highly valuable in terms of filling a need without breaking the bank. And we'll see if it ends up becoming sustainable in terms of what they're able to provide to the team throughout the course of the entire season. But so far, so good, and EDC deserves his flowers. $1.4 million? Yeah, yeah. Kyle Van Noy is worth $1.4 Done, done. And I know Jadavian Clowney isn't that much more. Yeah, for the production, these guys, I mean, Van Noy just started, so we'll see. But, I mean, it was, it was a nice introduction. Well, well worth the money spent. Yeah. One thing that uh, kind of came out or at least went viral after our recording on Wednesday night I should say Tuesday night, was that Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and mentioned that he's been rehabbing with J.K. Dobbins. Both of these guys are dealing with their torn Achilles setbacks, respectively, and it's nice that J.K. has a little bit of company. I know Aaron's a very polarizing figure these days, but nice that even though, he remember, he opened up about the torn ACL and the, the, the dark days and just how much doubt there was and how difficult it can be when you're away from the team. 
So I found it from like a companionship standpoint. I thought that was cool that at least he has a, one of the all-timers that's going through the exact same thing. Literally, it was like days apart from each other that they sustained their their injury. So I thought that was cool. And then we'll just finish with this. The Orioles and postseason baseball officially set for Baltimore. How about this? Saturday, which is Saturday, October 7th. It's going to be a banner day, Sarah. you got Fells Festival in my neighborhood going on all weekend long, right? You have the Billy Joel concert going on at night on Saturday. And it's all centered around the one o'clock first pitch. Postseason baseball is returning to Baltimore. One o'clock between the Rangers and the Orioles. Game one of the American League Division Series. So that's what's going on. There's a lot on the line, obviously. They just figured it out earlier today. Again, we always tape these the night before, so it's Wednesday. They just figured out it's going to be the Rangers, not the Rays from Tampa. So that is what's going on right now. I hope you have an awesome next day or so with your girlfriends. We're going to go business as usual. It's just going to be me with Brooke uh, for mm-hmm. the Steelers preview, but you will be back on Thursday night, at least as of right now. We'll see how Thursday night for out. the Friday morning vault. No, I'll be here. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good. Okay. Well, how about how about this? We'll see. Yeah. These these five girlfriends of mine are begging <laughs> to come on this podcast. So we'll figure out if we can get them some sort of cameo yeah. and then just to kind of have something fun. But they're all from Baltimore. They're all Ravens fans. So they just want to jump on for two seconds. We'll see if we can get them in. I think we can absolutely <laughs> figure something out. What do you think? Let's talk to our producers, a.k.a. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. As always, we want to shout out and thank, in this case, one of our newest patrons and that is djb thank you dj for believing in what we're building here in baltimore and beyond if you guys are interested in doing the same you can uh you can do so and support us by visiting patreon.com forward slash ravens vault podcast as you see on the bottom line scrolling you can also go directly to the show notes the description of this video to get the direct access link excuse me to learn more about what we're offering so with that this is a thursday morning vault in the books sarah and i will be back potentially with you on friday morning i'll definitely be here and then be on the lookout for our official game preview with brooke Pryor for the espn pittsburgh perspective coming up on thursday afternoon Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.